0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host Jeff Stoner and in today's episode I've got a very special guest to talk about maybe a trail cousin so to speak of the trail running community, obstacle course racing. That's right we don't get a chance to talk about OCR very much here on this podcast so I figured we'd take a little side shuffle over to that category today and this special guest is a Spartan Pro Racer for the last three years. She's been competing competitively since she was five years old. Um, so I'm really looking forward to hearing her story, her experiences uh, with OCR and, and what led her up to that. So let's just get right into it with Tiffany Palmer.
1: Well, help me turn the turning.
0: Well, help me get it right.
1: hi how are
0: you i'm good tiff how are you i'm great
1: thank you for having me no, this is awesome
0: thanks for coming in today i really appreciate it yeah, so for sure. i should mention you're the newest coach at MROC training facility too, okay. which is where I go. So you're now my newest coach, which awesome. um, which has been a pleasure to have you. And I speak for everybody at the MROC family that um, we are happy to have you over there.
1: Thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that. It's awesome. I love coaching you.
0: So Yeah. So just a real quick coach on background on coaching. So how long you've been coaching OCR stuff because I also know you are a CrossFit coach as well.
1: Yep, yeah, so CrossFit coach, I got into specific OCR coaching about four and a half years ago. So I've been doing that for four and a half to five years. I also started up my own online programming. Oh. Okay. So it's called Momentum Matters. I do that on the side. Um, been doing that for actually since COVID happened. So a lot of people came to me wanting programming. Um, so set that up and we do that. And it's fantastic. I have a lot of awesome athletes.
0: Oh, man. So did you... I know you have your CrossFit certification. Did you co- coach CrossFit? No, I never was...
1: coached CrossFit. Just yeah, to have the fine.
0: experience. Yeah, so have the
1: experience. Make sure okay. movements are all good. It's it's one of the, like the top um, credentials to have, and yeah, it worked out really well. Just goes really well with obstacle course racing and the training that we do. So
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah I I was in I was training CrossFit for seven years, so it's always kind of nice to have a little bit more of a CrossFit coach. Or at least the background a great. little bit, you know, because we don't get that much at, at MROC. So yeah. um, anyway, I want to get into it. I've got a great story. I, I was trying to stalk you a little bit online. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I, I have one complaint. If you type in Tiffany Palmer into Google, yep. there's like a thousand of you. So I'm like, God damn it. Oh. So, and there's no there's no Wikipedia page. Somebody right. needs to get on that. I'm asking somebody at Emrock to start up a Wikipedia page for Tiffany. Yes. So it'd be a lot let's easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. help
1: <laughs> we can,
0: out. We, let's help you out. Let's get you all the bad information that's...
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. It's totally
0: true. It's on it's, the internet. It's totally true. It's on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so as I was doing a lot of research, I, I found out that uh, you were a competitive speed skater at the age of five years old. I was, yes. So... <laughs> Let's, let's unpack that for a second. I, I want to know a little bit more about how you got into that. And was that something that y- your parents had a little bit of background in? And, yeah. Or you were just like, you know what? I see it on TV. I want to do it.
1: Right. Yeah. So lots to unpack there. Um, <laughs> my parents actually owned a speed skating um, facility. So, you know, a roller rink, like back in the day, that was the thing to do. Um, so mom and dad, the, the skating rink was about five minutes from our house. So I grew up, literally, at the skating rink. Um, I have a five-year-old, so my sister's five years older than me. She started speed skating at 10, so I'm five. I'm like, I need to do something. So I threw the skates on. I was probably three when I started skating with like the ones that go over top of your shoe, Fisher-Price, okay. right? Like the, the, the
0: as, as, as if everybody used to have back yeah, in the day. Yeah, right, you buckle
1: it in <laughs> and you go. So I started there. Um, My parents realized I was just pretty gifted, like the moment they put the the skate on my shoe, literally. And at five years old, I was super committed. I had a coach and I began speed skating. So I, it's adorable looking back. (laughs) I'm I'm already a tiny human, right? So when I was little, I was very skinny, like super lean, just tiny little kid. And I've got these huge skates on and I'm just, I'm going around. I got the helmet. Um, So I started at five, at six, I went to the junior Olympics and placed second. So it I mean, just, I grew up there. I would take naps at the skating rink, like, it
0: everyone, well, yeah. It's, it's so interesting, you know, you, kids nowadays it all kind of depends, too, on what area you grow up in. Like, when I grew up, I didn't, I didn't have, like, soccer. Or swimming when I grew up, like or where I grew up in the Midwest, it was football, basketball, baseball, and here you go. This is what your options are, right? Like we didn't, there was nowhere near an idea of any kind of speed skating. You see it on the Olympics. You're like, oh, that's kind of fun. It's kind of cool, but it's it's interesting how different areas can can have it. Like I would love to have done lacrosse when I was a kid, right? And the Midwest never had that up until I think I got into college. I think that's when we started seeing lacrosse. So it's it's really cool. So the So, how long did you compete in speed skating?
1: Yeah, so I started at five, and I believe, so memories, like, kind of (laughs) wishy-washy just looking at pictures, I think I skated until I was about 10. Now, those five years, I also did other sports, so played softball, basketball, played lacrosse for a little Mm bit, kind of, like, put my toe into everything. Um, My mom was super supportive, just, like, driving me around everywhere all the time. I had a passion just for like movement and doing things and mm-hmm. and really just gaining experiences and getting to like a community of working with other athletes um, at a really young age, which is crazy, <laughs> right? Like you're, you're five, you don't think about it. No. But I started realizing that one, I was gifted, like when it came to anything athletic, but two, that I had this innate drive just to just to be better than the day I was before. Even at five, I remember doing, like, uh, flutter kicks with our skates on. Oh. And, yeah, which is just, like, <laughs> okay. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to bring that to the gym for <laughs>
0: Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So five years old, flutter kicks, like, finishing up, and I'm looking around, and I've got, like, bigger, stronger athletes next to me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can outlast them, right? Like, and that mentality has just stuck with me from from that day, really. Wow. I'm just look, always looking around and seeing, like, bigger, stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You, you start comparing yourself, and then at that young age, I'm like, no. I'm, yeah, I might that's, be small, but I'm mighty. Yeah,
0: that, that's yeah. really cool that you actually had that that yeah. drive and already built in. Like, right. hey, I, I want to do this. I want to beat this person. I want to get better. I want to see yeah. what, what else I can do. Yeah. Um, so what kind of took you away from the speed skating? Was it some of those other sports that, yeah. that yeah. you got into?
1: Yeah, so um, after the skating rink, my parents sold that and my mom actually opened up an all-star cheerleading gym. So I then transitioned <laughs> to all-star cheerleading, right? See how this is just yeah, like following the, the trans- along? Yeah,
0: transition. Like,
1: all right, here we go. This is where I'm going to be living next now. Next thing you're so. gonna tell
0: me is your parents now own an OCR. <laughs> exactly, uh, right. a company or That's something. That's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so mom opened up that, and that was just my next, the next passion that I had. So I started all-star cheerleading. And again, knew that I was pretty gifted. I did gymnastics when I was little also. So kind of just learning about movement and the way to move your body, really overcoming a lot of fear too, just being tiny and on Mm -hmm. the bars and everything. Um, So I started competitive cheerleading then and that evolved to coaching when I was 15 years old. So coaching like the very tiny three to five year olds. Yeah.
0: Now, Now you, I also read that you you won or uh, won some national championships, right? As yes. a coach. Yep.
1: Yeah. How yep. cool is that? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: so what age? What age group was uh, with the with the cheerleaders? What so girls? that
1: was um, middle school age. Okay. Yep. Middle to about ninth grade.
0: So. Okay, so that's uh, my ignorance there. I didn't even know that they had national cheerleading at that age, right? I guess I always just considered it being like more of a high school and before thing. Yeah,
1: so what's really cool about all-star cheerleading is it's very different than high school. Like we've never cheered for games, we've never done any of that. It's physically just you have a routine that you have to master. And you compete that routine, so throughout your whole year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a little different. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I can kind of see that. It's not like you're yeah. cheering at a basketball game. Exactly. Great. <laughs> right. Stepping it up and down. Yeah. A little bit different there. Yeah, a little bit different. Yeah. Bit different. yeah. Yep. So you did that for how long? Oh,
1: man. I um, I actually cheered myself starting at about age 13. Okay. And I went all the way through college. So my freshman year of college, I went to a uh, school, Moorhead State, in Kentucky, I got a scholarship for cheerleading, so went there and studied all five years. Got my bachelor's there. Okay.
0: Yeah. Now, was it just like, does it still considered all-star cheerleading when you're in college, college. or or are you on the college cheerleading team? Like, what's what's the separation? Such
1: a good question. Okay, so they're different. Okay. Um, that was a really hard transition for me. Probably the hardest. So I. All my life had never cheered games, not football games, basketball games, anything like that. So I go to college, and now I'm cheering at a basketball
0: game,
1: game, which I enjoy watching. Mm -hmm. Don't love cheering for them. So the transition was really, really, really hard. Had a hard first year. So the school that I was at is super competitive. They win every single year for national titles. It just was, I didn't love it. So I had a really hard time from there, and we can talk about that later if you want, but <laughs> the transition was just really tough.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and just my last question, cheerleading, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get off into the Spartan race because that's, that's yeah, why we're here. Let's but it. <laughs> um, when it comes to, like you said, you had a hard time with cheerleading for like at the sporting events, but there's also the national yeah. competition team. Like. Right. How does that kind of transition because you've got your I guess your routine that you do for the national stuff but that yep. doesn't that's kind of a side yep. bet right to yeah. all the games so exactly. that's where the, the the hard part comes I guess in your right. mind is you're like okay we're doing this national thing but yeah
1: but then all of rah these
0: rah, exactly. the basketball stuff yeah yeah.
1: yeah so mentally just had a had a hard time trying to get that exactly what you said separation mm-hmm. right like having these two different things something that i used to have such a passion for and excitement to like show up and and work i mean i was a person at the gym late hours when it's closed and I've got my camera set up watching myself right so I can go home and be like all right what do I need to do better right. how can I how can I progress and then coming to this it just it just felt completely different I'd lost that passion for cheer completely burnt out um and didn't cheer after my freshman year so yeah just which will lead us to Spartan racing, yeah. which is exciting <laughs> so it's a good thing <laughs>
0: so um before Spartan obviously that's did you jump right into spartan racing right after that or did you kind of like oh i'm gonna start doing a little bit more running races and kind of figure out where that aspect was or did you look at because at that point in time spartan probably just yeah. yeah. kind of got its start right because right. spartan started in what 2010 or 11 yeah, ish 2010, somewhere. In
1: 11. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: so you just kind of jumped both feet right into that is that is that how that worked?
1: Yeah. So, no, not at all. Okay. Great. Not even a little bit. Great. That's what I was hoping you were going <laughs> to say. Not even a
0: little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, finished college, again, like the transition of cheerleading was really hard. I found myself going down a path that was not me and was really, really hard. So, five, those four and a half years after cheer being in college, I realized I was drinking a lot. Like all the time, um, to the point where I probably couldn't function without having a drink. So that lasted a solid five years, Um, went down a really dark path and realized one day, like something has to change. So graduated college, took about four years, keep going down that same path, realizing like something has got to give. I have nothing athletic that I'm striving for for the first time in my life, right?
0: And so, just as just as reference, what year are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, so graduated in 2008 okay. from school. Yep, so 2008 to about 2014-ish. Okay. Um, just struggle bus, right? Nothing to strive for, feeling like no passion, no momentum. I wasn't looking forward to anything. So just kept, kept drinking, kept just going with that. Um, realized one day I needed something to go after and saw Spartan Race. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 give this a go. Let's see what happens. So 2015, I sign up for Spartan Race a year later because I'm like, all right, now I've got something on the radar, uh, something that's very scary, I have no idea about it. It's a beast. Okay, so it's in New Jersey. It's on so,
0: a- so let's give it a little bit of reference here. Yeah. So there's there's different categories in Spartan Spartan race. There's a Spartan beast, which is the longest one, yes. right? Yeah. And then how's it how's it taper down right? Really yeah, quick? so
1: they have a beast. Uh, back when I did it it was about sixteen miles. Um, now it's about thirteen. Uh, they have a super that's uh six around six to eight miles. And they have a sprint, which is like three to five miles. Okay. Yep.
0: So you sign up for the beast. Sign
1: up for the long one. Okay. Sign up for the... So if
0: you're going to go in, you're just going to go all in. Yeah.
1: Just going all in. Put all the eggs in one (laughs) basket. Yeah, exactly. So the day that I signed up, I told myself I'm not going to drink. I'm over it. I have to do something different. Um, Mindset's got to change. And now I've got something that I need to strive for. So quit drinking that day, signed up for the Beast. It was on a ski resort. Okay. okay. So I'm not a runner. I I think I ran in college for fun, right? Like three miles at the most. So I've never been a runner. I just, I've done like hit classes, okay. right? CrossFit, cardio, whatever. Um, I have endurance because of my background, speed skating, everything like that but not a runner. So I'm like, all right, so I guess I gotta start running. So minor detail of a race. So I started training for the full year, start building my base, like going through just aerobic runs, right? Like enjoying scenery, got into trail running and fell in love, like completely. I'd only ever run on the roads and now I was in trails. So like Patapsco State Valley Park is a trail where I'm from in Maryland and it's just absolutely beautiful. So fell in love with that, started running, and really just fell in love with the process. Not so much like the huge goal of finishing the beast. Um, Signed up, so 2016, April comes around, and I'm like, all right, we're doing it. Let's see what happens, yeah. So I'm one of those people I need to prepare, right? Arrive early, get ready. So I'm on my computer like the whole year, just seeing (laughs) what to wear, what shoes do you wear, (laughs) what do you do with your hair, right? Like all those little details. (laughs) Um, So I show up feeling like relatively prepared, I put the work in, I go through the beast, it's the most amazing experience I've ever had. Uh, Double black diamonds, so you're running up and down and then you've got about 30 obstacles in between all of it. So it ended up being 16 miles, it was one of the hardest, so this guy Norm put the, the race on. One of the hardest races in New Jersey that has happened, which is like, yes, let's go. I'm going to earn it. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, earn exactly. it. Yeah, um, exactly. I ended up seeing a bear on course, which oh. uh, that has never happened to me before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was awesome. Um, <laughs> we were all climbing up the hill, and we see this guy, like, screaming, and he's like, hey, stop, stop. And we're like, I'm like, no, we're racing. Like, we got to go. And he's like, no, stop. So we had cubs, little baby cubs up in the the left of right. our path and the mama up on the right. And I'm oh, like, shit. oh, shit, this is, this is not, I've heard about this. This is not a good thing. Yeah. So, of course, you know, I'm tiny. So I'm hiding behind this tall guy. <laughs> I'm like, All right, I got that. He's going to take the this guy first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't want me. Yeah. So that was pretty, that was pretty amazing. Um, I ended up coming up to obstacles and not knowing exactly what to do. So I'm like yelling at the volunteer, hey, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And they're walking me through it. I ended up falling off. So for a lot of trail runners that might not know, one of the hardest obstacles is called a rig. So it's when there's attachments. So like ropes, uh, handles, rings hanging down from a rig and you have to scale across it. Mm -hmm. Well, this was the first race that I've ever come in, in contact with a rig, right? So, the foreshadowing, I promise. Um, so, I fall off, right? It's at the very end. Um, fall off, have to do 30 burpees. And I'm like, oh, man, I do not want to fall off this again. This is not fun doing burpees. Um, but ended up sprinting down the hill, came in second place in the elite heat. So... Uh, By 14 seconds, which was just crazy. So, yeah. And that's awesome. And
0: to back it up, even as you're talking about the rig and not being able to complete it, like, so it's crazy that you got second place in the elite category without really trying out any obstacles beforehand because when you were yeah you can go out and trail run all you want yep but when it came to the obstacles did you not do any anything you didn't have any training as far as i uh
1: i would go to playgrounds and like play on monkey bars um that was the extent of it yeah Yeah. because
0: you know in 2015 2016 we're talking about there's not a lot of gyms like there are now yeah or as gyms are popping up where it's ocr training type right. of stuff. So you really had had to go to the playgrounds yeah. and and do the monkey the monkey bars like you're right. a kid again. Yeah. So how did Oh my god. So what what were some of the other obstacles that you had to do in that first that first year that you were like what the hell yeah. is going on here? Like right. how do I, how do I get across this like
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they had um a rope climb. Uh, the rope was very skinny and it was in water. So, you start in water, you gotta. Climb
0: Which is always a pain in the ass to get it's up the rope like, anyway. then on. when you add the water yeah. into it, it's like. It's messed Come. up. Yeah.
1: Um, they have a dunk wall, so you have to jump into muddy water, go underneath. That was actually scary for the first time. They used to have like these buoys, you had to drive your body under mm-hmm. and up. Um, they had like a lot of carries, so bucket carry, um, a log carry. They had a farmer carry, wasn't sure what to do with that one. I was like, do I take one? Do I take two? I put it on my back? What are we doing here? Um, they just had, they had, every, like, lots of walls, too, crawling through barbed wire, got, like, all scratched up, didn't know it was real barbed wire, so that was fun. I was Ugh. like, oh, this is legit. Yeah, and yeah. isn't
0: that the worst is, like, when you do it for the first time? I remember my first Spartan race I ever did was out in uh, Vale Lake oh, here yeah? in Temecula, and I was kind of the same thing, like... I was with the training group and we were like hey we're all going to sign up for the Spartan race not having any clue whatsoever and I think at this point it would it would have been considered a beast because it was roughly about 12 miles I think at that point in time. Okay. And I got to the to the barbed wire <laughs> and I literally just ripped the back of my shirt oh, yeah. wide open cuz I had no I was like ah, it's not going to be real right. whatever and yeah. next thing I know I'm walking out and my shirt is completely open in the back I'm like right, I'm uh, this is happening I guess so I I totally totally get it from that perspective right yep Um, so you get done with your very first one yeah and you're digging it you're loving it yeah and so when's the next point as far as could you sign up right away for for your next one signed
1: up right away yeah uh, crossed the finish line and one was just super excited. I was just so happy um, My mom came and then my two nephews came and my sister So that was really awesome like having my nephews there. I think crossing the finish line It felt like such a relief to me of just I can't believe I did that mm-hmm. right like you taking steps throughout this whole race of just like just one step in front of the next. Yep. It wasn't about a podium. wasn't about anything like that. It was just about just about
0: getting out there, and, yeah. yeah,
1: like just doing it. So after that, I was hooked. It was just like adrenaline junkie. All right, let's go. Let's keep signing up. I believe I did. Man, like. 20 to 30 races in that year. Yeah.
0: Holy shit. Really?
1: I was going back to back weekends. So you're traveling
0: across country. All over the place.
1: Yeah. I typically stayed on the East Coast. We had a lot. So I'm from Maryland, grew up there. Um, Moved out to California in this July 2021. Yeah, just East Coast, traveling up, down
0: yeah so you've been a spartan pro for three years how does how do you get that acknowledgement yeah like how how does how does spartan work that category because i know that there's now again since i've done my first one there's now all these different categories and it's become this worldwide deal like how does how does that factor in
1: yeah so i um trained under robert killian i don't know if you've ever heard of him so he's a world champion he's amazing human like even more so than that so i trained under him for two years uh he was on the spartan pro team and they had contacted me so robert coble is like head of spartan uh they contacted me asking if i wanted to be on the spartan pro team and like what does that mean (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i had no idea so this is 2018 and i'm like yeah i mean let's yeah, let's do it. Why not? That sounds great. Um, so had a lot of traveling and expenses to do the race, the actual physical race, um, all paid for. So I'm like, yeah, get to put my passion behind what I actually like and not have to pay for it. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. So I ended up getting on the pro team 2018 and still on it today. But I also got really awesome sponsors that helped out too. So
0: now the sponsors come f- pretty much from Spartan, right? So, so is it a carryover, or, is it, or each pro can bring in their own yes. sponsors? Yeah. So
1: back then, each pro could bring in their own sponsor, okay. which was really nice. So I got picked up by Mud Gear and Tailwind, which are two like amazing, just amazing companies. So that was it. Just felt like a dream come true. I'm like, all right, I get to actually do what I yeah, love right? and get paid for
0: it so now was there aside like aside from probably some other outside sponsor commitments and stuff does like spartan ask the their pro runners to do outside commitments like go and make you know appearances in places like that or is that it's not really that level of yeah, pro. Not it's, it's really pretty that. it's pretty much hey we want to bring we want to make sure that these these races are here our races and that's yep. that's pretty much where the pro level exactly stands. yeah okay. yeah yeah
1: just making sure you show up to certain ones yeah checking the boxes
0: and then how long does I mean, is there an end point, you know, as far as a Spartan Pro goes for yourself? Or is it just as long as you want to continue to compete? And yes. and are and I guess maybe stay competitive in, right. the, in the aspect?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So they do like yearly contracts. But as for me, I'm going to keep competing as long as I feel good. Yeah. And then they'll try to pick up whoever they want. So right now it's kind of in limbo. Spartan is, after COVID, just... I guess on the struggle bus, right? Like Well, uh,
0: as is everybody. As everybody is, all are, yeah. race organizers are trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, just trying to trying to get through the day, mm-hmm. which we all everyone is. I mean, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. So, kind of up in the air for next year, but as of now, we're going strong.
0: Oh, See man. what happens.
1: Yeah.
0: That's cool. So, yeah. uh, how many do you know how many Spartan Pro uh, athletes do they do they normally keep? And and is there different types of categories because I again, it's it's kind of a worldwide now so do some of their pros get a chance to go overseas and do it or is it or once you have like the u.s pros that's kind of where you stand as far as that category
1: yeah so there are definitely levels to well one racing but to everything right Right. so definitely levels to racing let's say like top five they'll send them all over the place, all over the world, Uh, typically, obviously when COVID isn't in, but yeah. um, And then the next level they'll pay for traveling and races. Next level they'll pay for just races. So it kind of trickles down that way. Um, It used to be very exclusive. They had, I think five females and five males, maybe like five, six years ago, and it has grown immensely. So I think now we've got like maybe a hundred athletes. Yeah, so there's a lot that, we're all over the place. They also have like Canadian and Canadians um, on a Spartan Pro team, so they've just yeah, they've got their foot in everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. From a Spartan race perspective, because now there's even more categories. So now there's the stadium races, right? So as a Spartan Pro, do, you, do they ask you to to compete in certain? So many of the certain level. Um, of events a year, or do you get a chance to? You've got free reign of, hey, I want to do a stadium race, which, uh, if nobody knows, it's, it's held inside stadium. Uh, venues where it's pretty much a lot of stairs, right. not, not so much trails yeah. for those, but it's a lot of stairs, and then yeah. the the obstacles are built around the stadium inside, right? Um, so, do you get a chance to choose which races you get to go to, or is it like, nope, you're going to go to X, Y, and Z races yeah. through the year?
1: Yeah, thankfully we get to choose, which is really nice. I know um, a few years ago you didn't get to, you didn't have that luxury. Um, I think now that there are so many athletes on the pro team that we get to go wherever we want, spread us out, right? Like make sure we're seen on the podium with our shirts or, or whatever that be, may be. But yeah, we get to we get free reign. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: It's, awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely helpful.
0: Big old smile on your face. Yes, yes we can go anywhere. I, yes. Do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do what I want. <laughs> so with, and how many, how many Spartan races have you, say, you've done over oh, yours? Uh, are, we, are we talking like yeah, five. 75 to 100 type of thing? Yeah,
1: at least. Yeah, 75 to 100
0: Okay, sure. so 75 to 100 over the course of, what, five years? Yeah, I mean, that's, five. yeah, That's a solid, solid number. Yeah. And then you've podiumed almost every single one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah uh, almost, <laughs> one. Be humble. It's okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> <I
0: try. laughs> um, So uh, then there's got to be some really great stories that have kind of brought in by some of these races like do you have one off the top of your head that's like kind of sticks out in your mind as far as either the the competitive side was like oh my god this is this was a great race because of x y and z environment or runners or is there anything that off the top of your head that's just like yes this was probably one of my best experiences
1: yeah i would say man i have so i'm putting
0: on spot here you so, really are yeah. i have
1: so many um one of my favorite races so we'll talk about favorite first and let's then, do it all right cool so there's a uh, mountain resort in new york it's called greek peak okay. uh and that happens in the winter so oh, okay, so it's still cold okay. It's, yeah, and there's like mm, like two feet of snow on the ground, right? Just running that race is really awesome because you're in the trails and you're just surrounded by snow. So it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's just favorite,
0: All
1: Right. moving <laughs> on. Um, Let's go to, so there's a race in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Most competitive race, probably my first huge national series race so when i say national series they bring out the best of united states all the females all the males the top elite spartan and ocr racers all meet there and compete so this was the first big time in 2016 where i was like all right let's let's see where i'm at right like you do this for fun you're you're doing really well in like the small community and now let's step it up and see what's up with these girls so step up to the start line literally feel like i'm going to throw up on my shoes i'm looking around i've got like lindsay webster i've got who if, if you guys don't know lindsay webster's just she's canadian she's one of the top ocr racers like just absolutely phenomenal and then you start comparing yourself right you're like oh man look at her look at look at look at what's going on are you, do you are do you belong here right you start questioning right. everything right the start line last thing you want to you want to feel before you're getting ready to start a race and the gun goes off say go and i'm like all right i'm in <laughs> something changes right like you cross the start line and you're just the switch
0: just gets yeah, flipped. yeah
1: and... switches you're you're rolling so ended up placing fifth in that which was the most amazing experience probably of my life right like you you always hear people talk like yeah i won that race i won that race but that is the one that's ingrained in my memory of just Racing these top females and seeing them, right? right? Like actually seeing them on the course the whole time and not being completely far back and, and having like the, this mental struggle at the beginning of do I fit? Do I belong? Am I supposed to be here? Yeah. And then crossing the finish line, like not only do you belong here, like you you're doing this because you love it. You're doing this because you have a passion for it. So that was probably my most... Memorable assumations. What, what year was that? That was in 2017.
0: Okay, so you'd only yeah. been racing really yeah. for a year. So yeah. you're, as you said, you're kind of like, am I really supposed to be here? Yeah. And you're just now getting into the, the OCR thing and you're right. jumping in with yeah. <laughs> all these really top level. Yeah competitors. That's that's amazing. Fifth yeah. place out of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, one of the things and I'm going to backtrack just to, just a little bit because yeah. I, I the experience aspect of it is always brought up by some of the stuff that happens in your past, and one of the things that I thought was really cool that uh, you did because of Spartan races and because you got into it was uh, the broken skull challenges. Yeah, that was a, a show. I I think it's on CMT or it was on CMT at the time. I, or I don't know yep. if it still is or if it's still out there. But you had a chance to compete in that. So just give a little bit brief background because that's like. OCR on steroids yeah pretty much Absolutely. so what yeah. what is for anybody who doesn't know what the broken skull challenges are uh, what is it and okay. then how did you get connected with it awesome and then kind of I would like to hear some of the stories with some of that because okay. I, I know that those ex, those experiences had to kind of lead to oh, for sure. some of your Spartan successes yeah right
1: yes definitely okay so broken skull challenge is a head-to-head competition So you have eight athletes come on in one episode. Uh, The eight athletes, they break you off into pairs at the beginning, and you compete head-to-head. So it filters down, right? Like, uh, so I went against the first girl, and there were four matches. So then it goes down to four people. And then those four matches go down to two, and then you compete. They are very physical, (laughs) which... I have never wrestled. I've never done anything physical. I took UFC classes for fun. I wasn't punching people in the face, right? Like, they're very physical. So, I'll tell you a little bit about my matches, which is pretty awesome. Um, The first one, so you step up, and first time ever, like, doing anything. Stepping completely outside of the box. I said yes on like a whim, I'm like, oh, there's no way, right? And then they give me a call and they're like, hey, can you come tomorrow to L.A.? I'm like,
0: oh, oh, oh it's happening. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: oh, I should have wrestled. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, yeah, the first match, uh, they put a sandbag in the center of like this hundred meter long sand Sandpit right, so you start on opposite sides. They say ready go you run to the sandbag The goal is obviously to pick the sandbag up go and ring the bell on the other side But you meet a girl in the middle, so it's it's head-to-head. You're just (laughs) wrestling well, what happened with my match for the first one is I said go and yeah, I'm small and kind of quick. So I said, go, I went, I stole the sandbag and just kept running and the girl never touched me. So <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. no physicality yeah. came into that. So it was good to go. I hit the bell and moved on. Um, so that was absolutely awesome. I was feeling pretty excited after that. Uh, the next match I had to swim. So you've got like this sandbag, you have to jump into water, go under logs and throw it over a six foot wall. You had to do that three times, and then finish whoever did it fastest, right? So thankfully, I didn't have to get touched by anyone. That was awesome. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Ended up winning that, so then got to the third and final challenge. Spoiler alert, if anyone's gonna watch this, probably not,
0: but... um, So
1: third and final challenge, um, you had to like do a, a rope pull, right? It pulls the thing up, you climb up it. Ultimate goal, they call it a pit. So you're in a pit, now the wrestling comes into play. So, I went against this girl who was much larger than me. It was very funny. So uh, if you win in the pit, you get to move on to the actual obstacle course race, which I knew I would dominate. I was very excited about (laughs)
0: that. I was
1: like, please, if I can just get through this pit. Um, Even the crew were like, hey, just stay low. Like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Because she was probably two times the size of me. Okay. You're gonna be fine, just stay low, we really want you to run the course. And I'm like, then you gotta put me against somebody who's not gonna eat me, you know, it's like, come on. Um, So got to the pit, did really well for what I had, right? Like lasted a long time, but she threw me out and she got to do the obstacle course the (laughs) next day, which she did kind of poorly at. So I was like, man, I really wish I was there. Um, But yeah, it really is just, it's OCR on steroids once you get to the end, but it was, Definitely the most amazing experience that I've I've probably ever had. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So, like I said, that probably kind of transitioned into maybe how you. Took on some of the obstacles at the Spartan events, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, because yeah. those those experiences always kind of come into play. Of like, oh yeah, I, I you know, like I know I can do this, right? If right. it's an if it's an obstacle that maybe looked daunting, like, hey, I just did something that's even harder than this right. and completed it. So yeah, those those type of things always kind of help out. Yeah. Any what's you? I guess what's your one experience, or maybe there's a couple experiences that you've had at the races that you've looked at and said, okay. I can do better at that it's gonna help out and what experiences have you taken that that has improved your you know races for the few, you know for the next races coming up
1: Yeah so we'll go back to that the first race with the rig so when I fell off of it, I was just like man this this is not okay this has to get better. Um, I actually went home and bought attachments so like rings and okay. things and, and would go to the playground. And I hung them up and I told myself from that day, you will never ever fail a rig again. Um, Practiced that every single day. Mm -hmm. And knock on wood, I have never fallen off of a rig. Um, Not only that, like I do um, Savage Race, if you've ever heard of Savage Race, more East Coast, um, but their rigs are pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And I have become probably, let's just throw it out there, probably one of the, the top technicians with obstacles. Um, just because i I taught myself and made sure that that would never happen again. Um, so learning from experiences like that, taking that on to where I am now has definitely built like bulletproof grip, honestly, just mm. making sure that I never have that feeling of man, you could have you could have done you could have done this. you just didn't know, right? like, we we don't know how to fix something if we don't know how to how to fix it so and also so for like the trail community a lot of trail runners it's a lot of elevation gain right like and I'm from sea level so the only trails (laughs) I've ever ran are flat (laughs) Uh, so every time I'll go to a ski resort I was just like man how are these girls running like I just don't understand um so since moving out here and finding trails in Maryland that have elevation gain I've really stepped that game up. Mm-hmm. So just doing, you know, hill repeats, like easy things like that, like find your biggest hill and go. So I've been practicing a lot with that. And thankfully I get to a race now and I don't look at the mountain and feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna have to be hiking up this whole thing, <laughs> right? Like now I get there and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tackle yeah, this. Yeah, I can't wait
0: to do this. I now. can't wait to
1: tackle it. It's gonna be awesome, like I trade for this. so. So definitely learning through pretty much every race that I feel like I crossed the finish line of everything and I'm like, okay, I learned X, Y, and Z. So let's take that with us and and fail forward.
0: So uh, you're now a coach at like we said at rock Training Facility. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the things uh, that you? kind of trying to instill in the athletes over there because a lot of athletes that go to that gym are either a they're they're in they're in there because they want to compete in spartan races but they're also there because they're wanting to learn and they've never maybe been on obstacles before so what are what's some of your philosophies as far as teaching some of those uh athletes um as they get ready to go into their first spartan race or getting ready to you know do the rig for the first time
1: yeah um I guess a couple different things. So first is just show up with intention, honestly. Um, Step through the door, right? And have some sort of intention behind what you're doing. Don't just show up and go through the motions. Show up and try to gain something out of the day, whether it be mental or physical. Like, I think that's where we learn the best when we step outside our comfort zones. Um, Two, just try everything, right? Like, don't look at the obstacle and feel so overwhelmed. I mean, we do this in life too, right? We look at this huge, huge goal in front of us. Well, let's not look at the finish line yet. Let's just look at the next ring or the next monkey bar or the next grip hold, right? Like whatever you're going for. Don't look at the huge wall. Let's start small. Yep. And then we'll get over it one at a time. So I guess just just reaching out and taking that first step or that first let go and just going for it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I do a lot of... A lot of technique work too, just really momentum is everything. So again, in
0: life, right? Like it's obstacle obstacle course
1: racing in life—it's pretty stupid. It's so similar. Um, so momentum is everything. Yeah, just learning how to use your body through obstacles becomes way more efficient, way more effortless.
0: Well, I I appreciate everything you've taught me so far, I and mean, you've only been at the gym for like yeah. two, and two and a half months yeah. ish yeah. now. So I like I said I I really appreciate everything you've done for me as far as you know being in there, egging me on to do some more stuff and yeah. getting me on get off my ass and get yeah. going so i know like i said i speak for a lot of the athletes there that and we appreciate you being there and it's 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 great hearing the stories like i bring in so many trail runners and we hear you know we talk about stories and experiences and stuff so you know ocr is definitely if you haven't if you're a trail runner and haven't tried ocr i would say about 75 of their races are trail races mm-hmm. and yes you do have some of the city ones and stadium events but 75 percent of them are trail races so if you want to get out and and try it out it's definitely fits right into that trail running category yeah there's a little bit of obstacles in the way but yeah but it's definitely a trail running cousin as as i like to think of it so um i appreciate you coming in tiff and kind of giving your story and you. some of the background it's, it's kind of nice to be able to talk to you away from the gym and right? <laughs> yeah
1: i really i really appreciate you having me on i'm super stoked to be here so yeah. thank you
0: For listening in to another episode of the Trail Light Podcast. A special shout out to Tiffany Palmer for joining me today to talk about obstacle course racing, being a Spartan pro, what that means, how does she get to keep that, the experiences she has throughout the process and everything else. I mean it's it's amazing. I like I said, we talk to a lot of trail runners, but we don't get a chance to really talk to a lot of OCR athletes. And I truly do, do feel that it is a trail cousin to to our sport, so it's always kind of nice to get a little bit of variety with it, hear a little bit more of a different story, and uh, man, that was a great one. So I really appreciate you listening in today, and thanks, guys. I'll see you out on the trails real soon. Music for the Trail Live podcast was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts, with lyrics written by Matt Meyer.